Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Father in heaven, we celebrate your goodness to us. We thank you that we have this concrete moment to remember our father in the faith, Bartholomew, to remember our salvation in our Lord Christ Jesus, and to remember that you are father of all, that you are our Abba. We pray all this in the name of your son, our Savior Jesus. Amen. Good evening and welcome. It's St. Bart's Day. Did you catch on to that yet? Did anyone notice all the, the stuff outside? The bounce houses, which are for children. I see you, so and so and so and so. Today is our second annual St. Bartholomew's Day. And Chris, Chris said something, as often he does, that caught my attention and I thought was very wise. He said, hey, we get to have a second one. <laughs> we had our first St. Bartholomew's Day a year ago. And it's not every day that every church plant uh, makes it this long and keeps going and going and trucking along. And so we give thanks to God for what he is doing in our midst. Do you like that I gave you attribution for that quote? It's a beautiful thing because God is doing something that is beyond us. And I mean that. I was reflecting on last year's uh, sermon that I gave at St. Bart's Day, which would, I was told was a little meandering and, and didn't have much structure, so hopefully there's more structure tonight. But as I reflected on it, I remembered the sense of awe that I had as everyone was out here working and putting things together, and I thought, this is beyond just me. Because for a long time, when you're a church planter or someone, you, you, know, it's, you have all these ideas and dreams and visions, and you share them with people, and the other people are there. And, there's, and then there's a small group and a bigger group and bigger group. And as I saw everyone working so hard last year, I realized God is doing something that is beyond the sum of all the people gathered here. And I want to reiterate that tonight. God is doing something here in East Dallas that has effects locally and beyond. But he's doing something here that is beyond the sum of who we are. And it is our delight. It is our joy to participate with him in this adventure. I'm not very good at adventures because I like to plan everything out and have it just so. But I love to be around adventurers as long as I know when they're about to do the adventuring. As long as my mind is ready for them to say, no, let's don't do that thing that you planned for a couple of months. Let's go here the day of. And as long as I know I'm ready for that, it's cool. So, God is going to take us, and I'm not saying we're not going to have any sort of structure or anything like that, but God is going to do some beautiful and amazing things in us and through us and for us and for other people who aren't here tonight, who may not even yet be born yet, or for people who aren't even Christians yet. And we 
get to participate in that. It's beautiful. It's exciting. And it's part of our St. Bartholomew's Day. Now, here are the few things that I want to talk about tonight. Tonight is a feast. Feasting takes some discipline. Because feasting takes coordination, it takes money, it takes time, it takes effort. But you bring it all together and you have a big party. We are going to have a party tonight. And it's not, it doesn't begin at 621 whenever worship ends and then you all go outside. The, the party has begun now. The feast has begun right now. And this feast is what we call in church language a patronal feast. Because St. Bartholomew is our patron. He's our patron saint. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, did you see the icon on the table? There he is, right there. St. Bartholomew, it's a picture, an icon. It's not really him. St. Bartholomew is our father in the faith for several reasons. We chose that name because we believe Bartholomew, in his name, his mission, the things that he did were a name that could give character to our identity, shape to our mission breadth to our community, and depth to each individual member of it. Now, Bartholomew is our father in the faith because he is one who followed Jesus. You heard St. John mention in his revelation, in his apocalypse, that this new Jerusalem, this new city, and we'll come back to Jerusalem in a second, has a foundation. It's got gates, it's got all this crazy stuff, but it's got a foundation. And the found, on the foundations, these 12 foundations are the name of the 12 apostles. So we build our lives upon the foundation of Christ's love, him being the chief cornerstone. But St. Paul said elsewhere that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And St. John sees it in his revelation. So for one, St. Bartholomew is our father in the faith because Literally, he's our father in the faith. He came before us. Not only that, but he is our father in the faith because of what he did with his life. Some friends who visited Italy uh, earlier this year reminded me of Bartholomew's martyrdom. Now, people would name churches. They began to name churches for different saints because they began to build churches on their tombs. So presumably the first St. Bart's is in Armenia somewhere because that's where Bartholomew was martyred. But Bartholomew martyred in Armenia, it was very gruesome. It was very awful. He was flayed alive and then killed because he trusted God. He taught and preached his holy word and he believed Jesus Christ to be who he said he was. So he's our father in the faith because he took his faith seriously. He is our guy. But the interesting thing about fathers, and this is what we see in some of the other lessons tonight, is that fathers model, relate, and they serve as frames of reference. Look at St. Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians 4, if you will. You'll recognize that. We talk about this passage quite a bit. It's in your bulletin if you want to look at it or on your phone, page four. Paul's going on and on talking about we apostles are, are fools for Christ's sake. And he's using some hyperbole. He's being, using some rhetorical devices to kind of get at the Corinthians. But really, he says, I don't write these things to you, verse 14, to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved 
children. 15. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now how was St. Paul the father to the Corinthian church and several other churches? And how was Bartholomew a father in the faith to us? Well, we know, Paul says, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ right after this verse. We know that Paul clearly not only preached the gospel, which we think of, if you think of offspring, if he shared the gospel with them and they heard the gospel and they believed and other people heard the gospel and they believed and so on and so forth, you kind of see the progeny, the offspring of the gospel growing and taking place. So to be sure, Paul had that fatherly aspect, if you will, for the church at Corinth. But also, he related to them. He modeled to them what it looked like to be a father. He wasn't afraid to discipline, to use stern words. He wasn't afraid to really speak the truth in love. He wasn't afraid to describe to not only to the Corinthians, but to all the churches that he worked with, what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. To the Philippian church, he said, have this mind in you that presumably Paul had, and that is this, that Christ Jesus, who was God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself. And he goes on with this great, beautiful Christ hymn of self-emptying. So Paul, as a father to the Corinthian church, modeled and taught and served as a frame of reference for those believers. And similarly, when we think about Adam and Eve in that, perfect, in that first perfect environment in Eden, before the sin, where God is Father, walking with them in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve have this perfect communion with him. God was their frame of reference, the, the means by which they saw reality. He was their reality. They didn't live in a disembodied, you know, ghost land. They lived in an earthy garden where they tended animals, where they worked in the dirt. They worked and they kept the garden, and that was their worship unto God. And in that space, they had this perfect relationship with their father, their Abba. It's interesting to me that as we think about the things that Bartholomew modeled for us, being a missionary, going to India, taking the gospel, you see in the icon that little, I don't know if you can tell, but there's a scroll in his hands. He's, he's usually either pictured in two ways. One with the scroll, which is the more family-friendly version, and another one where his skin is flayed. But we know that Bartholomew took the gospel to foreign lands, probably to modern-day India, and from there to Armenia. We look to Bartholomew as a model because of how he obeyed, because of his sort of personal presence with our Lord Jesus Christ. So what can we see from the life of Bartholomew that is specifically a model for us? If, if he is our father in the faith, and if fathers model and, and relate 
and serve as frame of references for us, both in our own families, our Heavenly Father, and spiritually, what is it in Bartholomew that I see that is a model for us? Well, first of all, it's interesting that we're having a, the feast of our patron saint, our father, our patron, but his name is a patronymic. Patronymic meaning he's named for his father. So if you look at John chapter 1, in your bulletin there on page 5, Philip found Nathaniel, who the church has agreed, Nathaniel is Bartholomew. So when you see Nathaniel written in the Gospel of John, think Bartholomew. By the way, Nathaniel's only mentioned in John's Gospel a couple of times. The reason we believe that he's the same is that Bartholomew and Nathaniel are both from Cana in Galilee the place where Jesus turned the water into wine at a wedding party. It was a wedding and it was a party. Feasting. Do you see how much feasting happens? The feasting in the New Jerusalem, there's a feast around the Lamb. And don't forget about the New Jerusalem. What was Jerusalem called all throughout Scripture? The, not the new one, the new bride coming down out of heaven. What was it called? Jerusalem, who kills the prophets. Jerusalem, who lusts after other gods and is adulterous and idolatrous. Jerusalem, who killed the Lord of glory, said Peter. So Jerusalem doesn't have that great of a reputation. So why would Jesus pick, why would God pick Jerusalem to be the bride of our Lord Jesus? Why would Jerusalem be the new city? Why couldn't it have been a different city? A better city. They didn't have quite so many offenses. One reason that I love to remember is that it's a deeply broken place in need of healing. And those 12 apostles, Bartholomew included, whose, whose names and lives are the foundations of the New Jerusalem, they were imperfect. Though we look to them as models, though we relate to them and, and receive God's love in light of their goodness, they were broken in need of healing. And so that's a comfort to you and to me who may have broken relationships in our own lives, who may have difficulty with our own fathers, whether it be your actual earthly father or other people in your lives. There's great comfort that if God can use 12 broken men to be the foundation along with the prophets of the church, he can use you and he can use me. So Bartholomew's name is a patronymic. It means literally son of the farmer. Sounds pretty normal, Jay. What's so great about that? Think about it for a moment. His identity was derived from his father's. He probably didn't like that always. He probably didn't care for that. And maybe that's why he enjoyed being called, at least by St. John, Nathaniel. Nevertheless, he received something from his father. We want to be known as people who have our identity derived from our Heavenly Father. We want to be people who are calm and loving 
and level-headed and are pouring ourselves out in the face of a people who are vicious and angry and self-serving and have no interest except to gratify their own desires. It's really funny. Every time a siren goes by, you guys have a little <laughs> head on a swivel. It's okay. I love the windows because I think I have ADD. I don't know if it's for sure or not, but, but so please look on. Not only do we want to be, have the identity of our Heavenly Father, secondly, notice that Bartholomew recognized who Jesus was from Philip's reference. Look at verse 45. So Philip found, finds Bartholomew and says to him, we have found of, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, pause. Philip knows Nathaniel, Bartholomew, and he says, we found the one of whom it is written in Moses and the prophets. Philip obviously referring to Deuteronomy 18 where Moses says, there's going to be another prophet who's going to be raised up from among you who will preach to you, who will tell you the law. And obviously, all the prophets looking towards our Lord Jesus Christ. So Bartholomew's frame of reference was Scripture. He loved God enough to where he knew the Holy Scriptures. Now, we want to be a people who know God's Word. We want to be a people who have that frame of reference. When truth is spoken, we can say, yes, that is true. Not only that, look at Bartholomew's interaction in, in the following verses. And to me, I see a strong self-identity. Verse 46, Nathanael said to him, Bartholomew said to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So here's Philip giving him the little spiel about Moses and the law and the prophets and yada, yada, yada. And Bartholomew says, Nazareth? I heard all that other stuff, but Nazareth? Can anything good come out of it? And to me, it's such a winsome interaction because it shows that Bartholomew has this freedom. He has a freedom to be who he is. Here at this place, you have a freedom to be who you are. It doesn't mean there are no limits. Remember, we have scripture to guide us, to give us boundaries, to show us what is wise, to protect us from ourselves and to protect each other from each other. But you are made to be fully human. If Jesus Christ is the fully human one, you were made to live in his image. That's why our vision is behold and become. We want to behold God and become more like him. And Bartholomew could live in this freedom of the children of God. We know this because Jesus says, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, there is no guile. That is quite a compliment. Would that it be said of each one of us that we would be sons or daughters of the Most High God in such a way that there is no deceit in us. That really we're like what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So as our father in the faith, he's identified by his relationship with God. He knows and loves the scriptures. 
He has this strong self-identity that results not in narcissism, but instead results in a freedom, a playfulness in God's presence. Hey, do you think the world wants something? They want freedom. They don't need more rigid narcissism or self-gratifying ways to become whatever. The world wants freedom. And the only freedom that is like that is the one the Lord our God can bring. And finally, I love that Bartholomew is from Galilee. Galilee is a region of Israel that is not a place of power. It's not like where Jerusalem is. It's a region that's often overlooked and forgotten. And you are here, and people that are not yet here will be here, because God is saying to you, you are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. The church oftentimes can be a machine that chews people up and spits them out. I I mean, I know firsthand. And what we're building here, by God's grace, what God is building here, is not an industrial, scalable organism that spews out products that faintly resemble disciples of Jesus. We're building a place of hospitality, a place of rootedness and authenticity. We're building a place where we can be, though we may have been overlooked and forgotten, though we may be in a part of town that's not really paid much attention to, we can be. And from our being, our being with our Abba Father, we can do. We can do his his mission. So you are here at St. Bart's, a Galilee of sorts, in East Dallas, a part of town too often forgotten, in what God, your Abba Father and my Abba Father, wants is for us to behold him. Even though it's a little hot, even though it's easily distracting, he, God wants us to behold him. As we think about our Father in the faith, think about when was the last time that you just turned the volume down and you intentionally sat with God, (laughs) that you beheld God, that you allowed his loving gaze to fall upon you because he's initiated, he has invited, he wants to speak, he wants to be heard. What is the thing that we need to turn the volume down on? What is What is the thing that we are anesthetizing ourselves with, that we're medicating ourselves with, so much so that that we're so numb that we've forgotten what it's like to commune with the living God who knew us before we were made, who called us to himself, and who has a glorious, beautiful future for us here on this earth and in the new Jerusalem. That's my hope for us. Because I believe Bartholomew in that little town of Cana, a little hole in the road, communed with God in such a way that he could hear God and he could say yes. That is my heart for us. As God builds something 
in and through us that is beyond us, that is beyond this place, that God will bring wholeness and healing, not only to you and to me, for sure he will, but to people who are not yet here. God is doing something beautiful and amazing. We follow our Father in the faith, Bartholomew, but more importantly, we behold our Abba Father. By the Spirit of God, we cry out to him, Abba Father. We trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. We mourn when there are times of mourning. We weep together, but we also rejoice and feast and celebrate together. Let us pray. God, we thank you for a time of feasting before us. We thank you for our father in the faith, Bartholomew. Thank you for the things of his life that model for us what it means to be a disciple of your son, our savior, Jesus. Thank you for the things in his life, Lord, most of all that model for us what it means to be before you, to listen, to quiet ourselves, to be still and to know. Thank you that you used a broken man like Bartholomew to be the foundation of your church, the new Jerusalem. Would that you would use us as well, Lord, broken men and women and boys and girls, transformed into your image, our Lord Jesus, building the foundation of your kingdom here in East Dallas and to the ends of the earth. Amen.